yeah, so Pierce dismisses him for his refusal to do this, and he ends up facing indictment for high treason, and he has to uh, flee the area disguised as a woodchopper. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thompson. And I'm Marissa Macy. And this is, pardon me, a presidential history podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the Kansas-Nebraska Act. Yes. Uh, and the events that followed, also the, known as Bleeding Kansas. Mm-hmm, and the sacking of Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will give a, a warning that this is, we get into some violent yeah. things that happen for sure. Yeah. Um, this is referred to, I think, as like the quasi-civil war, like mm-hmm. a, a early... Civil War. It's not great. No. It's a bad time. It's really a bad thing, and I didn't know about it. So, okay. And, we, yeah. And I, <laughs> and I even talked to someone I know from Nebraska, and they were like, I've never heard of it. Really? Yes. That's really upsetting. I know. Okay. Homeschooled. Well. But still. Still. I know. In Nebraska. It's in, called the Kansas-Nebraska Act. I know. Well, it started out as the Nebraska Act. Last episode, we talked about Franklin Pierce, mm. and we sort of hinted at some of the things that happened with mm-hmm. this Kansas-Nebraska Act. Mm-hmm. This was a, I would say, even though the lead up to the Civil War was a gradual, mm-hmm. like, ongoing over many presidents mm-hmm. and generations thing, it was not mm-hmm. one thing set it off. I right. believe that the Kansas-Nebraska Act was sort mm-hmm. of like the final straw, Yeah, you know. Like. So yeah. let's take a minute and let's talk about Stephen A. Douglas. Stephen okay? A. Douglas. He's our okay. key guy here. Oh, yeah. Stephen he's A. I, I, hold on. Yeah. I got to, let me, let me just skip up here to my, my Stephen A. A. Douglas notes. So Stephen A. Douglas, by the way, he is the Douglas of the Lincoln-Douglas debates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's also a senator from Illinois. Just like... Just like... Lincoln. Lincoln. It's Rival crazy. senators. <laughs> it's nuts to me that these two guys were from the same place. It's so funny that, that you, that's the thing you get hung up on. Yeah, so he, um, he was a short guy. Oh, short king, <laughs> short king Stephen Douglas. Yes, five four. <laughs> he was five four. That was probably, and they think that's a generous estimate. That's a generous, yeah. And he was known as the little giant. He's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, he was kind of known for being rough mannered. Yeah, but he was he, a really good debater. Yeah, he didn't have like snobbish manners. You know. Uh, also, I just want to say mm-hmm. he's from Vermont. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by those mm-hmmms, but I'm going to just not align. I, I, I just wanted to give some background information. Yeah, you, you, you're you giving the background information with like such loadedness. He was, a, he loved the manifest destiny. Oh, he did. He absolutely <laughs> did. He loved the compromise of 1850. He was so yeah. If you remember our episode about Millard Fillmore, where we talk about the Compromise of eighteen fifty, you will remember that uh, Stephen A. Douglas took the broken pieces of the bill that yeah. Henry Clay left on the ground uh-huh. and um, put them through yeah. one by one, yeah. thus yeah. getting us 
to the set of laws that was the Compromise of 1850. We would not have the Compromise of 1850 if it weren't for the diligent work of Stephen A. Douglas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) The Compromise of 1850 and the Fugitive Slave Act, which is part of it, right? They're the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's this, that is the the line where uh, Southerners are now going to impose their will on Northerners. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing for Northerners to sit and watch Southerners abuse their, you know, slaves and do all these atrocities and da 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 da. But now they're they're being forced to participate in it, and that yeah. that pushes us to war. That, I, that that's what pushes people to the edge. It's like, oh wow, it wasn't all the you know atrocities. No, 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 no. It's no, no. it's you're. You now feel like you're yeah. being pushed to do something yes. you don't want to do. Well, that's enough. So. Finally, you know, I mean, the Jesus. the listen, I know it's yeah. not it's not changed. It hasn't changed. It's like uh, it's the things that make people finally yeah. act and get mad. It's always yeah. just like, wow, all this other all these other terrible things that happened didn't do it yes. for you. Yes. This is what does it, it for you. And it, that's exactly what the compromise it, of 1850 is. Yes. It starts at that's what finally gets the anti-slavery abolitionist movements like going off the ground and this is all like just as a reminder like Mm -hmm. we've been talking about this all season this westward expansion Mm -hmm. this like what do we do with these new territories Mm -hmm. this is all in response to that and like as we acquired new territories Mm -hmm. after the mexican-american war Mm -hmm. that is the source of all these issues yes so stephen a douglas he gets those bills through causing all kinds of problems Mm -hmm. for the united states causing these deeper sectional divides yes but listen he's not done no not by a long shot done there's more to be done he'll never be done he's never gonna stop his neck his work will never finish he was mildly opposed to slavery uh-huh. by the way uh-huh. he was actually just more worried about the state of the union staying together yes. um yes. but what this really starts to boil down to is the fact that we want railroads yes yes now listen we've been talking about from the beginning of this country no one likes to pay for internal improvements correct so we got it or but, external improvements or external case, but- or any kind of improvement. So but now we are very clearly we have no choice but to build a transcontinental railroad. Yeah, because we've got so much of our gold. Wait, what kind our of, gold, what kind of railroad? Our, what kind of railroad? Transcontinental. A what? A transgender <laughs> railroad. Oh, God. Can you imagine? So there's going to be this huge project and it's going to go across the country. Mm hmm. And there's only certain places it can go because of like, you know, geography and stuff. Yes. And there's a northern route Mm -hmm. and there's a southern route. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of people who want it to be in the south. Yes. Because then you can use slave labor to build it. Mm -hmm. So and other things. Sure. You know. I'm sure there's lots of reasons. Sure, but that was a big that was reason. one of them. So the issue with the southern route uh-huh. was that Nebraska was mm-hmm. like not an organized territory, so yeah. they can't build anything on it uh-huh. until it becomes a territory. Yeah. Um, and so the big and this was something that was coming up. Mm-hmm. We need to organize this territory mm-hmm. so we can build this railroad. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Douglas kind of spearheads this movement. Mm-hmm. There had been previous legislation that had like mm-hmm. tried to go through to organize this territory and there right. had been a lot of 
Southern opposition to it. So Stephen A. Douglas thinks, well, maybe I can throw them a bone and come up with another great compromise um, to try and make this pass so that we can build this railroad. Now, also, the Missouri Compromise of 1820 Mm -hmm. was very much hanging on by a thread after yeah. the compromise of 1850. So yes. that line, yes. you know, where it was like Missouri um, was going to allow slavery. Yeah. But then everything else above this line. No more. Was no more. And now because of yeah. the compromise of 1850, that's that law is on shaky ground. Yeah. And so Stephen A. Douglas comes up with this idea uh, um, where... The basically the bill, what the mm-hmm. bill is, is that it's going to divide the land immediately west of Missouri mm-hmm. into two territories, Kansas yeah. and Nebraska. Yeah. Heard of them. Heard of them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he uh. argues in favor of something called popular sovereignty, uh-huh. which is the idea that the settlers of these new territories should decide if slavery would be legal or not there. That sounds, that just sounds super democratic. Yeah. People can vote and decide Mm -hmm. for the things to be the way that Mm -hmm. they want them. Exactly. Okay, well. What could possibly go wrong? It sounds, (laughs) I don't know what could possibly go wrong. Nothing. I mean, I think it's all going to be cheery from here. Yeah. I mean, it's not like this is going to be like, you know, a gauntlet thrown and, and, it's going to be like, oh, we got to get this first one so that we can set a precedent or anything like that. And it's certainly not a bill that will be important enough to cause two gays to talk about it on a podcast. Listen, never. Years later. <laughs> it certainly won't cause the complete demise of the Whig Party. <laughs> uh, so it goes through the Senate. Yeah. And it makes it through the a very shaky, mm-hmm. it shakily makes it through the House of Reps. And... The press and the free soilers, right, which are do not are anti any additional territory becoming slave, like allowing slavery. It barely ekes it through, but those the press and the free soilers who are against any slavery being in new territories start to put up quite a fight. The Senate starts re- receiving all these petitions. Mm-hmm. Um, against it and like abolitionists are getting very upset. I mean, this is just, we're already in a very sectional place Mm -hmm. and this is already, this is just revving it up even more. But, but Stephen Douglas is claiming that this is like sectionality. uh, This is sectionally neutral. Yeah. Because people get to choose. Yeah. And Hey, listen, even though Missouri is a slave state, you never know. People might vote and decide to make it not a slave state. Because if the territories territories around Missouri mm-hmm. become non-slave, then yes, it, 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 feeling is that it'll be overturned in Missouri. Right, in but, Missouri, yeah, but yeah. like, Stephen A. Douglas is putting forward this very disingenuous argument, and I'm sure everyone else has too, yes. of yes. like, hey, I don't know how this is going to end up. This might end up being all of them mm-hmm. become free states. Yeah, That's bullshit. That's not true. Yeah. We're going to make sure that that's not true. And but, he's like, and he's like, well, and now Congress doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's, so, now we're setting, now we're taking it out of the hands of Congress, the ability to make this decision. And eventually, it's going to be able to be made by anybody. Right. The Supreme Court is going to rule, you know, in a few years that uh, 
that freed black people are not citizens of this country. And so they can't be represented in court. Yeah. Slavery is becoming a political issue. And I think we talked about this yeah. in the Pierce episode. Yeah. Um, so much so that like there's just no acknowledgement of this being a humanitarian issue yeah. of, of the people that are actually being affected. Yeah. And everyone's taking sides. Everyone's taking sides. And and this Kansas Nebraska mm-hmm. Act kind of represents like, mm-hmm. okay, well, we're gonna politicize this even more. Now yeah. everyone can vote on it. See how yeah. democratic that is. Yeah. Um. So Pierce mm-hmm. gets this bill on his desk. He gets this on his desk, and and uh, he's he's not super psyched about popular sovereign sovereignty. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little much even for him. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to get that Gadsden purchase. He wants that sweet, sweet piece of land that Santa Ana has control over right now. And he doesn't need to be ruffling any feathers. So let's let's just let's just pass let's it consider through. Let's it. Pass it through. And what happens is this like this um group of southern men, including Douglas and yeah. Davis come yeah. and like talk to him. Uh-huh. And there's this meeting that happens that we there's no record of what exactly no. happened in this meeting. But no. after that meeting, Pierce, who was uh, a little bit iffy yeah, yeah. about the Kansas Nebraska Act before, yeah. is now gonna sign it. He's on um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um and remember, Pierce is yeah. grieving the loss of yeah. his son. Yeah. He's has a is very much does not want to be president. Yeah. He's having a real rough time. So it really mm-hmm. just takes a push and a shove. Yeah. And you can get him to do pretty much yeah. anything. But he feels he does feel like he says that he feels like very concerned about it. Yeah. He says, he says it troubles him more than anything has troubled him since his son died in the, <laughs> in the train. But and yet signs it, and, still then, does and it. then never takes responsibility no. for the chaos that follows, just no. to be clear no. about him. I, I yeah. So he now was, oh no, go ahead. Franklin Pierce was kind of a weenie. Totally. We didn't get into this, but like he was referred to as a doe face. Yeah. I don't know what doe face means, but it's not good. And also a ninny. <laughs> well, I know what a ninny is. I know what a ninny is. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, what a what a loser. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hot loser. Hot loser. <laughs> okay, so both the North <clears throat> and the South have an opinion about what they think is going to happen. Yes. Okay, yes. in Kansas now that this bill's signed. So the South was like, it's going to become Kansas is going to become the 16th slave state. Yes. And the North was like, it's definitely going to be free. Yeah. Yeah. And so with popular sovereignty, guess what? Now let's we get all a, vote. Let's but all vote. Who's going to be voting? Trent? Right. It's going to be the people who are in Kansas living in Kansas for a certain period of time. Well, no, just there <laughs> <laughs> at so, the polls. And, so anyone yeah. You're saying mm-hmm. could come yep. over state lines mm-hmm. and be inside of Kansas yep. and then vote. Yep. Okay. So uh, <laughs> Senator Seward of New York is like, all right, challenge accepted. He's like, because the North has more people. True. Now, you don't have to send that many people to be a lot of people in Kansas. <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? I think there's yeah. only like 3,000 people yeah. voting or something. Yeah. So you load up a couple buses like from the church group and you could no, but you can basically basically. Yeah. I mean, well, they start the immigrant aid company yeah. in New England, these abolitionists and yeah. everything. And they yeah. send, you know, send settlers yeah. to Kansas. Yeah. And the people of Missouri is like, 
<laughs> I said it grammatically incorrect. I was so getting ready to be Missourian. A Missourian. The people of Missouri are like, bring it. We are right here. We don't have to go far at all. They're like, y'all got buses? Yeah. We got buses. Yeah. We got feet. We, we all, got we gotta, feet. all we got to do is walk a couple walk, hundred. Yeah. Yeah. We're right here. We're right next to Kansas. And like, there were something like 1,100 extra votes or something. I don't Okay. So not only were people just pouring in yeah. from the north, yeah. from the south and casting yeah. votes, but people were voting multiple times. Oh, of course. Yeah. Like, all right. So what results in this is, surprise, yeah. a really unfair election. Yeah, super unfair. And uh, Missouri, with its proximity to Kansas, mm-hmm. uh, gets way more people yeah, over. Yeah. And they elect by a lot a pro-slavery government Mm -hmm. and all these and then they just start passing all these like super draconian laws yeah including to hold office you had to swear an oath that slavery was and would forever remain legal in kansas yeah you had to swear that you couldn't talk bad about it Mm -mm. you had and harboring a fugitive slave became punishable by 10 years of hard labor Wow. Circulating abolitionist literature was a capital offense. Yeah. Now, they didn't enforce a lot of these laws, yeah. but they put them on the books. But they put them on the books, so yep. they could. It's enforceable if they want to enforce it. So exactly. If you have like an abolitionist that is really causing a lot of trouble, yeah. well, and you come take them. Look yeah. at the law. And I mean, goodness gracious, the people of Kansas are like, well, are. Are the Southerners to be our masters too? Are mm-hmm. they going to chastise mm-hmm. us for speaking ill of their institution? You know, like it, it it's crazy. Yeah. So in response, uh, the act, the anti-slavery people in Kansas. There's two yeah. elections, right? Right. The first election is for the representative. Mm-hmm. And then the second election is for if it will be a free or slave state. Mm-hmm. Right. So like there's shenanigans with the first election. And this this guy gets uh, into the office. Yeah, Andrew Reeder okay. becomes the uh, territorial governor, and he is a staunch. He is a Democrat, and he supports the Kansas Nebraska Act. But he's recognizing that there's voter fraud happening. Yeah, and um, when these results come in, uh, he refuses to ratify them. Right. He won't do it. Right. Yeah. So Pierce dismisses him for his refusal to do this. And he ends up facing indictment for high treason, and he has to uh, flee the area disguised as a woodchopper. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess he looked like a lumberjack. He's like, I'm out. He gets his axe and he runs out of town. Wow. the hell out of there. Now that that I would love to know more about. Well. So too bad you don't have more, Trent. I don't have more. Uh, we can just imagine. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So. Just a fun little tidbit. Little tidbit. Little bit of tid. I can't believe they don't teach this in Kansas. I mean, I do believe it, but. <laughs> I, I need to get more information. Yeah. If you're from Kansas or Nebraska. Or Nebraska. Let us know. Let us know. How did you, were you taught this? Yeah. How yeah. much of it were you taught? Yeah. How short of a footnote was it? Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or were you taught to be ashamed or yeah. proud? I just I gotta know. I, uh, who knows? There's also this rival free state government that gets set up in Topeka, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. and Pierce, yeah, he signs with, 
the the pro slavery government. government. Yeah, not yeah, the yeah, free yeah. one. Yeah, in Lawrence, right? Uh-huh. Lawrence is where the pro slavery se- government yeah. is. Lawrence Topeka. is where the quote unquote official, the one that was mm-hmm. you know set up is being recognized by the United States government. Uh huh. Is existing, and then Topeka is like the fake. little fake, but also on the right side of history. Yes, capital. <laughs> Exactly. Um, Pierce calls this Topeka government an outlaw regime. He threatens the weight of the federal government uh, mm-hmm. to them. And he just keeps like double de- doubling down on this whole situation. Okay, so this all hits a flashpoint in May of mm-hmm. this year. These elections and mm-hmm. all this happened in mm-hmm. March. Um, both of these governments mm-hmm. are heavily armed. Yeah, wow. of Which, course. Of with, course. With guns and broadswords. Broadswords. So, hell yeah. Why do they have broadswords? Uh, big question. Uh, big question, big sword. There was some kind of connect to broadswords. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that someone had. Yeah. And so then everyone has broadswords. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fun for everyone. That's... What ends up happening uh-huh. in Lawrence is there's this pro-slavery posse that's sent there by mm-hmm. the legislature mm-hmm. um, who's sent around by the legislature to destroy an anti-slavery printing press and mm-hmm. they also like shoot out a hotel mm-hmm. and all this like there's this stuff no blood is shed yeah. at this um, yeah. but it's called the sack of Lawrence and this yeah. I'll tell you what this is great for the PR teams in the north yeah, they're oh, like, yeah. oh, these Southerners came in and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. destroyed our printing press. Da da da. Everyone mm. has an opinion about it. Yeah, and everyone is taking sides yes. all over the country. Yes, yes. So it's almost like a proxy war, mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Everyone has an opinion on what's going yeah. on. Um, we see this all the time in the mm-hmm. modern world yes. where there's something that'll happen, and then online we'll kind of sit. Everyone's like, got to take a stand. Tensions are high. Oh yeah. And just a few days before the sack of Lawrence mm-hmm. over in Washington, oh. we have a man named Charles Sumner. Oh, Charles Sumner. <laughs> who does a two day long speech against mm-hmm. the Kansas Nebraska Act, mm-hmm. condemning the violence yeah. and saying that yeah. Congress has blood on its hands mm-hmm. and uh, all this. The, the, the speech is called The Crime Against Kansas. Yeah. He particularly attacked three men. Mm-hmm. In his speech, uh, James Mason, who's a senator from Virginia and was the author of the Fugitive Slave Law, okay. uh, Stephen Douglas, and Andrew Butler, who was the senator from Carolina, was the senator from South Carolina, right? And also the first cousin once removed of an absolute crazy person named Preston Brooks. Okay. <laughs> What does Preston Brooks have to do with anything, Trent? <laughs> well, Preston Brooks <laughs> did not like that what? his distant cousin was yeah. being disparaged. He was like, I have listened uh, with as much dignity as I can command. I'm paraphrasing. And I, I, this could not go unmet. I must punish you. And he now Charles Sumner is an older guy and he is sitting in a desk that is bolted down to the floor. So he cannot get out of it. And uh, Preston Brooks starts to wrap him over the body and head with his cane. He hits him like 30 times in the course of a minute. 
poor Charles Sumner. Yeah. Was like beaten within an inch of his life. And the cane broke. That's probably the only reason Preston stopped. He broke the freaking cane. Oh my cane. gosh. Yeah. So Southern newspapers. Yeah. They go wild with this. Of course. Raising Butler's actions. How? I, it's crazy that this man like beat another man with yes. a cane very like yes. brutally beat him. Yes. This wasn't just like whacking him around with a no, stick. No, no. This was like blood and bruises. Yes. And, and Sumner sustained really serious damage. Major injuries. Yes. Um, He could have died. And he could have died if it you had to continue. Now around the South, they're going, yay, Butler yeah, finally yeah. giving these Northerners yeah. what they deserve. Yeah. Right. Condoning this violence. Mm hmm. And then the House tries to vote to expel Brooks, yeah. right? You think, yeah. well, this man just beat this man. Like, <laughs> yeah. surely he will be expelled yes, from his yes. seat. <laughs> um, but then he ends up voluntarily. Oh, so the the vote fails mm -hmm. to expel him. Yes. So he doesn't get enough votes. But then he resigns to prove his support back to South Carolina or yeah. something. Oh, He's like, whatever. Meanwhile, Sumner's traumatic injuries like prevent him from attending any sessions for the next three years Jeez. like he in the process of being beaten like pulls the chair from the ground yeah i don't know how that went down but and that's how he gets himself free yeah because that's the other thing preston brooks is a much younger man and he is not going up to him like, oh, I'm going to take you to fisticuffs outside or something. He yeah. attacks him. Yeah. Uh, this isn't like a fight. This, this is, is like just yeah. beating a helpless man. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things that Charles Sumner says in his speech uh, is he's basically saying like, you know, these people of Virginia, they don't have to offer the pen of Jefferson or the sword of Washington. All they have to offer is the most degrading part of you know, Virginia history and the the, yeah. the part that Washington and and and, and uh, Jefferson would look away from and discuss mm -hmm. now. Well, yeah. they didn't really look away. No, from but, <laughs> but but still. Yeah. I, yeah. Yes. I uh, yeah, I get I get his I get his point, his which point. he's yeah. definitely going for the the jugular as far as insulting uh, these the yeah. Virginians. And, yeah. and Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I mean, mean, he's on the listen. I, Sumner yeah. is on the right side of history uh, here, but uh, but yes. like absolutely, yes, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it, but he really pisses them off, and so this well, happens. And and guess what? Mm -hmm. Remember how that cane broke? Mm -hmm. Well, people uh -huh. start sending mm -hmm. um a replacement cane yes. to Brooks, yes, uh, with things like like inscriptions written on them, yes, yes. Um, like, yeah. So hit that's, him again, or, yeah. Beat or him again, or, him or yeah, whatever. People are absolutely <sighs> horrible. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than people who are united in a cause that is morally unjust, but that they are dedicated to remaining mm -hmm. men. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the the just nastiness yeah. that people have. I mean, someone had to go buy a dang cane and get it in gray. I don't know how you got stuff and in gray. And send it in the mail. I mean, listen, it, this, I, is a, this is what, 1840, Yeah, this was an yeah. Amazon. You didn't like have it, you know, drop shipped or whatever. Anyway, yeah. horrible. And um, yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Hate it. Now, surely we've had enough violence. Oh, <laughs> you've only just begun. Yeah. Okay, so John Brown is a prominent leader in the American abolitionist movement. Yeah. He is the real deal. When he was like a young kid, 12, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he had a job in which he was living with a family that had a young enslaved boy that was his age. Yeah. And he saw up front, up close, like this 
kid's intelligent. He's just like me. He's getting treated horribly by the father of the house. So, you know, he uh, was, uh, he used his house as like a, a stopping point on the Underground Railroad and also his factory, uh, his wool factory. Yeah. So this is the real deal. Like he is an abolitionist from very much the beginning. Yeah, before it was popular. Yeah. And then at one point when this is all going on, he he snaps. Yeah, he definitely snaps. So this is He's in... like, no more peaceful resistance for John Brown. Okay, so on May 24th, 1856, John Brown with seven men, four of which are his sons, mm-hmm. they marched through the... Pottawatomie Valley. Yes, and they decide they're going to confront some of these pro-slavery settlers yes. in their homes. Yes. Uh, Without getting really into the details mm-hmm. here, because mm-hmm. they are yeah. really, yeah. really graphic. Yeah. Um, they drag five different men from their mm-hmm. homes. From three different households. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And brutally kill them. Yes. Uh, yes. With broadswords. Uh, yeah, swords and I don't know if they were broadswords, but they're broadswords and, broad yes. and guns. Yeah. So they approach three houses in that on mm-hmm. that night. Mm-hmm. And the first is a, a family and mm-hmm. they take the father and the two oldest sons, but they leave behind the mother and her younger yeah. younger son. Uh and the, those three get killed. And then they go to another house and it's a husband and wife. They take the husbands. The wife has measles, is on her sick bed. Yeah. Begs them to not take her husband, who is her only caregiver. They do. Yeah. They kill him. And then they go to another house, which was more uh, like there was more people there, it was like mm-hmm. maybe like a boarding house or something. And they were looking for someone called Dutch. And he wasn't there. Right. But Dutch's brother came out. These uh, abolitionists decide uh, we got to fight fire with fire. And so they uh, murder five people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, Horrible. I don't. I'm not one to like get into the graphic details, mm-hmm. but we do have a podcast episode linked mm-hmm. in the show notes mm-hmm. that gave some good context specifically Amazing. on this. Yeah. Um, and I just note that because these are, this is like, this was very brutal killing. Yeah. This was like a mass murder yeah. massacre situation yeah, yeah. that John Brown and his men yeah. carried out. Yeah. Um, so this wasn't the end of that either. No. Because in July 1856, pro-slavery forces suppress a meeting of the free state government in Topeka, mm-hmm. and which was this anti-slavery stronghold. Mm-hmm. John Brown again retaliates, leading his supporters in a guerrilla attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, at, at a town nearby. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he ends up, Doing more violence after, like, pro slavery Mm -hmm. or not. Listen, none of these people. Not that it it justifies murdering anyone, but like, none of these people were slave owners. No, no, none of them were enslavers. They were just pro slavery. Certainly, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that the the right thing to do is to murder five random people. Right. But I also 
consider the violence that was being done in the name of slavery for all those years. Absolutely. And I'm I'm very sorry that those five individuals happen to be bear the brunt of that. Absolutely. That's not fair. But I think like in John Brown's mind, that's exactly what was going on. The ends justify the means. Right. Something's and and this started violence can be the only thing in his eyes to respond to this unimaginable violence that has been going on that he is very against and with things as heated i mean i Mm -hmm. think that the thing about the story of john brown that's important to take away is Mm -hmm. that things had gotten so yeah heated so everything was so divided everything was yeah put on kansas as this like Mm -hmm. example Mm -hmm. of the division in the country Mm -hmm. That it led to this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that is the power of division. Yeah. The attention on Kansas starts to wane a little bit after yeah. 1856, but there's violence that continues, including a murder of a group of free staters mm-hmm. um, in 1858 and another return of John Brown, who mm-hmm. led a raid to liberate a group of enslaved people. In the winter of 1858 to 1859. Yeah. Um, so he failed at that raid and he ended up being executed. Mm. Um, and he does become sort of a martyr yeah. for the abolitionist cause. Yeah. So yeah. um, I mean, yeah, like the amount of violence that had been going on mm. through the institution of slavery, mm. you know, led him to kind of these actions yeah. and they yeah. were brutal, violent, yeah. like murderous actions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is just where the country's at yeah. at this point. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way around it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And so Kansas ends up adopting a free state constitution mm-hmm. uh, in 1859 and mm-hmm. pro-slavery forces in the Senate Mm-hmm. Refused to let the territory enter as a free state. Right, right. It's only after the Confederate states secede mm-hmm. and Lincoln's elected does Congress like approve anything, mm-hmm. approve this constitution. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Kansas ends up entering the Union in 1861. Yeah. Like just three months before the Civil War begins. So it doesn't, this doesn't resolve until. Mm-hmm. We're already almost like basically at war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the ramifications of the Kansas Nebraska Act go beyond what happens in Kansas and goes beyond just being representative of like the larger conflicts going on mm-hmm. uh across the country. It also has a huge political mm-hmm. like there's a huge political cost to this. Yeah. It kind of puts the final nail in the coffin mm-hmm. for the Whig Party. Yes, this breaks up the... Because the Whig Party really only was an anti-Jackson, anti-Jacksonian mm-hmm. party. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of uh, uh, convenient bedfellows happening. But yes. this is it. This, this is it. And so the Republican Party is just right there, ready to mm-hmm. snatch up mm-hmm. all these votes. And uh, the this this act is so divisive among voters. Like, it does cause the rise of the Republican party and it, and it solidifies the democratic party as a Southern pro slavery party. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mm -hmm. before all season long, it's been real murky. Like Mm -hmm. is this side pro or anti slavery? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not clean cut like Mm -hmm. that. It has not been until this point Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. The democratic party is 
solidly Southern Mm -hmm. pro-slavery, all of that. Mm -hmm. So Lincoln also, you know, is on the up here. Mm -hmm. He's having his rise and he comes out very, very heavily against the Kansas Mm -hmm. Nebraska Act. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is a topic that is discussed in the uh, Lincoln Douglas debates. So, um, oh boy. Yeah, it divide. It's just it 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 is a uh, important point that mm. something was going to happen to kind of accelerate us towards the Civil War. Yeah, um, and a few more things are going to happen. Yeah, um, but well, we've got one more episode this season, yeah. and that's going to be James Buchanan, James Buchanan, who is the last president before Lincoln. Yeah. He um, seems horrible. He's one of the worst presidents we've like, ever had. Like, yeah. I am not, I, listen, I'm not psyched that he's the gay one. Buckle up Buckle for up. Buchanan. Buckle up for um, Buchanan. Yeah, and then we're going to end the season there. That's it. So, gonna, well, this has been. Pardon me. A presidential history podcast.